The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Thank you so much for joining us today as we continue through the Gospel of Luke. We are in chapter 6. We're about to finish it up. We just have a few more verses left to go. I think by the end of this month, we'll be done. What Jesus has just done is he's pointed out, hey, there are a bunch of religious leaders. They're called the Pharisees, and they look good. On the outside, they have it all together. They pray Every day, they give to the poor. They are doing everything that God asks people to do. But Jesus knows their heart. And Jesus wants us to realize that we need to be careful who we follow. Because there are some people that look really, really, really good on the outside, but they are not following the Lord. And that's what our sermon from the last week, that's what it shared with us, is that we, you know, we don't get to judge, but we need to analyze. We need to make sure and see and look at someone's life and the fruit they are bearing. If there's no fruit there, then we do not need to follow them. So as Jesus continues to preach, as he continues to speak the Sermon on the Plain, he is going to dive into just a few verses today. We're in Luke 6, 43 through 45. In these verses, as few as they are, they talk about what a person who is truly, truly following the Lord will look like. What will their life produce? We need to be paying attention to that for one reason, because as good as you look on the outside, as wonderfully religious as you possibly can be, it is the heart that cannot lie. And if the heart is not good, then what will ultimately come from that heart is evil. And Jesus knows this better than anyone because he knows that some of these same religious leaders, some of these same Pharisees are the ones that here in just a little over two years are going to be shouting for his life. Crucify him. Get him out of here. We don't want him anymore. These same religious leaders who follow God, who look wonderful on the outside, they are the ones going to be calling for that. And what we learn from today is a simple truth that actually David, David proclaimed way back in Psalm 16, verse 2. And I want to read that first because I think it sets the course for our conversation today. So Psalm 16, verse 2 says this, I say to the Lord, so David's proclaiming, I say this to you, God. You are my Lord, and apart from you, without you, I have no good thing. I have nothing in me that's good without you. And that's a huge biblical concept. That's a huge doctrine that we have to wrestle through and wade through. But at its core, I believe it to be true. Humans, when left to their own devices, when left to themselves, they produce evil. There's not a lot of good in them, and that's not your fault. That's because of sin, the sin that has entered into this world through Adam and Eve, and, and that sin causes us, when left alone, to let sin lurk its way through us, and ultimately it will always show its ugly head. And so what David says is, without you, God, I, I have nothing good in me. 
And that's what Jesus is trying to get his disciples to see. Hey, you may think these religious leaders look great on the outside, but wait, you've got to look at the heart. And the only way you can look at the heart is to look at the fruit of their life. So he starts with a simple illustration. Simple illustration. Here we go. Luke chapter 6, verses 43 and 44. No good tree bears bad fruit. It's not possible. No good tree can bear bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Okay? Each tree is recognized. You identify a tree, or in this case, a person. This is an illustration. You identify a tree by its own fruit. It was just a, a little over a month ago, we were visiting some friends in Tulsa, and Paige looked out. They just moved in this home. They said, and Paige said, is that a lemon tree? And they're like, oh, we, we don't know. And she goes, I, I think it is. I think it's a fruit tree. I'm, I'm pretty certain. You know, the only way to tell, the only way that family page is ever going to know if they were correct is to wait and see what is produced by that tree. There's, I mean, I'm sure someone else could do some kind of test, but to the average observer, the only way that we're going to know if that's a lemon tree or not is does it make a lemon? If it makes a lemon, it's a lemon tree. If it makes a plum, guess what? It's not a lemon tree. It's a plum tree. If it makes no fruit, guess what? Page is wrong. But the only way to know what a tree is, is by looking at the fruit it produces. People, look at me, look with me here, the end of verse 44. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes. They can't do that. You, know, you don't go to the scrubs and, and, and pick, a, pick a fig from there. You can't do that. Nor grapes from briars. A tree produces what it was created to produce. What it's capable of of producing. You tell a tree by its fruit. You can tell a person by its fruit also, by their fruit. Remember though, remember from last week, this is a huge lesson. It's not our job to condemn someone because they do not produce the fruit we think they should. No, no, no. That, that's not our job. We analyze and we evaluate the fruit of others' lives. And if it's not up to par, then we say, God loves you. God's for you. Therefore, I'm for you. And that's what we say. We, we talked about that last week, so there's no need to go back into it. But I, I want us to remember that. There's no judging. There's no condemnation. It's just simply evaluation. The fruit that a person produces will let you know what type of person they are. Look at verse 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. That phrase, stored up in the heart, it, it can be surmised or it can be summarized this way. It speaks of a treasury. A treasury is a depository for good and valuable things. And that's what the heart is. God created the heart to be a treasury for good and valuable things. Now, because of sin, the sin that befell this world through Adam and Eve, our heart is not a treasury of good and valuable things. It's actually a treasury of evil things. And we see that all throughout humanity, all throughout history. Mankind is not driven towards good. This is not how it works. That's not God's design. That's just the reality because of what sin has done to our world. So, so we have to understand this. Since when man is left to his own strength, that man will ultimately produce 
evil. It's not possible for a person to be completely good. Now, now hear this. A person can do some good. It's not like without God, there is no good in anyone at all. In fact, in fact, I will say this because I know many people that fit this bill. They do not know Jesus. They do not know the God that created the heavens and the earth. They don't know either of them, but they are relatively good people. And by comparison, they are good. Yet, yet, there is not true good that comes from them. And the only reason is, it's not their own fault. It's not their fault. The only reason is, God is the one who produces good. Going back to David's words, there's nothing apart from you that is good within me. So if only God, if only God is completely good, if only God is completely good, we, his creation, I'm not saying those listening today, I'm saying just humans in general, we, we need God to fill the treasury of our heart. In order to produce good fruit, in order to be what God intended us to be, we need to be transformed and allow him to fill the treasury of our heart. This is why God speaks so harshly against idols. Okay, and I know you're going, wait, where are you picking that up? No, just the treasury of our heart is open for any kind of deposit. And an idol, as I've taught many, many times here at Summit, an idol is any desire of our heart that becomes non-negotiable. It's any desire that you will look at God and say, no, I have to have comfort. I have to have security. I have to have this passion. I have to have this. I have to have it. And God, even if you say that's bad for me, I don't care because it's non-negotiable. And the reason God is so adamantly opposed to our idols is because he realizes that the treasury of our heart is easily corruptible. There are things that can sneak their way in that will absolutely destroy the good that he has. But there's good news. We can't fill our hearts with something we can fill our hearts with something that will allow us to ward off the evil of this world. And that's exactly how God created it. It's all in his word. And so what we need to fill our hearts with is him, but that's done in the form of the Holy Spirit. So God is three in one, and this is a super hard concept, but God is the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. All three are God, all three are one, all three are separate and unique and have different functions and responsibilities. But at the end, what we need to fill the treasury of our heart with is the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. They're temples of the Holy Spirit. They're dwelling places. The Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you receive from God. God said, I've got something. Hey, I've got something for you that will fill the treasury of your heart. And it is part of me. It's, it's me. It's me. But it's my Holy Spirit. Paul, the author of Corinthians, he talks about 
the fruit of the Spirit then that will be seen. And, and this ties perfectly into what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 6. There's fruit that will come from whatever is in your heart. And that's how you're going to know what type of person someone is. And so what Jesus says is there's going to be a fruit of the Spirit, and Paul likens that in Galatians 5. We're going to read a bunch of verses here, but Galatians 5, let's start in verses 16 and 17. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk filled with the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You won't gratify the desires of your cursed body. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Okay? And you can see this. And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh. There is a battle going on between the Holy Spirit of God and between your flesh. One is going to win. One is going to win. But the amazing thing is, you are not the determining factor of that. It simply is determined by you which one you let in. So the Spirit will always overcome evil, but... But you've got to say, I want that to be the controlling aspect of my heart. I want that to be the controlling aspect of who I am. I want that to be the seed that produces the fruit of my life. I want the Holy Spirit. And then there are fruit, they're fruit of the flesh. So you'll, you'll get to know who's got that controlling place. You'll get to know by the fruit. So here are the fruit of the flesh. Here's the negative fruit that you do not want to see, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. The acts of the flesh are obvious to anyone who's watching. You can, you can identify them within yourselves even. The acts of the flesh are obvious. There's sexual immorality. There's impurity. There's debauchery. Idolatry. We've already kind of mentioned that. There's witchcraft, which I, I always love this list because you get there and you're just like, yeah, I mean, I'm, maybe a few of the first ones, but yeah, witchcraft, I'm not there. But it, it's just, it's thrown in as one of the obvious acts of the flesh. There's hatred, discord, and those are different in a very unique way because hatred is more general. It's despising of someone or something, but discord is intentionally trying to destroy something that is good, a union that is good. That, that's very obvious in our world. There's jealousy, Oh, how often are we driven by comparison and jealousy? Those are acts of the flesh. There's fits of rage. We don't like to talk about those, but boy, are they present. There's selfish ambition. And, and this is where a lot of times when you have a list of sin or evil like this where people start to compare and go, are you serious? Are you serious that witchcraft and selfish ambition are in the same list, okay? And, I mean, you, you maybe even felt that, like, selfish ambition, that just feels like something that's normal. Witchcraft, not so much, but let's keep going. You'll find a few more. Dissensions, factions, destroying relationships and unity amongst organizations and groups, that's all part of the flesh. If we can't be a part, we don't want them to have the joy. There's envy that, honestly, I think drives jealousy, but it's all right there. There's drunkenness, not a good thing. This is the one I always snicker at. There's orgies, don't be a part of those, and the like. I love that Paul just says, 
And it's, it's the same as saying, et cetera. And et cetera, and et cetera, and et cetera. What, whatever else looks like these things, those are clear indications of the flesh. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Why? Why will they be excluded from the kingdom of God? One reason. Because God wants the heart. God wants all of you. And he demands it. He demands all of your heart. And if these, if these things are consistently the fruit of your life, then God does not have your heart. Todd, that's impossible to know, man. How, how can you say that God doesn't have my heart if I do one of these? I'm not saying if you do one of these, God doesn't have your heart. I'm saying if this is the fruit of your heart, it's obvious that God has not taken root there. He's not the centerpiece of your treasury. In fact, Paul will continue in Galatians 5, and he will talk then about the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit that is supposed to completely fill the treasury of your heart. Here's what the fruit of the Spirit looks like in conjunction to what the flesh looks like. Here's what the fruit of the Spirit is. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, the NIV changed it to forbearance, but I memorized it as patience. Forbearance is just a fun biblical word for patience. But love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. That's what's produced when the Holy Spirit has taken seat in the treasury of your heart. And so I, I have one more question then. How will you know? How will you know if it's the works of the flesh or the works of the Spirit? The fruit of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit that has taken root in your heart. How do you know? How do you know for yourself? How do you know for those that you come into contact with? Not that it's your job to judge them, but how do you know? How do you know? Jesus tells us at the end of our passage, back in Luke chapter 6, the very end of verse 45, Jesus says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You can know, you can analyze and evaluate by the words that come out of your mouth and come out of the mouths of others. That's how you can know. And while that may not seem fair because some of you are going, well, there's stuff that just kind of sneaks its way out. That's the point. That's the point. What sneaks its way out doesn't come from here. It comes from here. Fits of rage, jealousy, envy, impatience, debauchery, evil, love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness. It's your words. It's your words that will identify you. Your words are your fruit. Your words are what let the world know what kind of tree you are. So as we walk through this, if the treasury of the heart is God, or the Holy Spirit specifically, then the words of your mouth will reflect Him. If that's where the treasury is, if that's what's filling your heart, then your words will reflect Him. Your words will speak love. They will speak joy, not sadness. They will speak peace, not frustration. They will speak patience, not harshness. They will speak kindness, not rudeness. And I'm not even sure if that's a word, by the way. But we all learned at a very young age how to speak rude words. So those words just won't be at the forefront of your mouth. They will speak goodness, not evil. What words have come out of your mouth in the last week? About yourself? About your family? About your friends? What what words? What are those words speaking? Are they speaking faithfulness? Or are they speaking doubt? Are they speaking with gentleness? Or with anger? Are they self-controlled or are they violent and volatile? Jesus cannot make any more simple of a declaration than he has made here in Luke chapter 6. Your words come from your heart. Your words are the fruit that will determine what type of tree you are, and his desire is that we would not be misled by false teaching and Pharisees who say, just look good and do these things when actually your heart is evil and corrupt. Instead, allow your heart to be transformed from the inside out by me and the Holy Spirit. Allow your words to become good and life-giving, wholesome, pure. Allow your words to be words that will impact others in a positive way. Allow that to happen, not because you are focused on your words, but because instead you're focused on me and allowing me to fill the treasury of your heart. Allow me to fill the treasury of your heart and to take the idols, the ones that fight so desperately to get to be a part of your heart and say, no, Nothing is non-negotiable. God is everything to me. And when we do that, when we do that, we will be able to know without question what type of tree we are simply by the words that are coming out of our mouths. And we also be able to evaluate and analyze the words that are coming out of others' mouths, not to judge or condemn, but to know what type of tree they are. Today, as we kind of wrap up, 
if you are hearing words that come out of your mouth that are not what you would think are the words of good fruit, if you're, if you're hearing that, then the answer today is not try harder. I'll just, I'll do better. I won't be as angry. I, I'll be more patient. Oh, oh God, just, just, I, 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 I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll change the way I talk. No, 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 no. That's, that's not at all what he's calling you to do. He's not calling you to try harder because that doesn't work. It doesn't work. What he's doing is he's asking you to surrender your heart. Surrender your heart. Let God transform you from the inside out. And remember this, Titus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness. Not because of our good works or taming our tongue. That's not why he saved us. But according to his mercy, that's, that's why he saved us. He saved us because he's for us and he loves you. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. This transformation that comes from the inside out. The Holy Spirit whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. It is Jesus who taught us this lesson. It is Jesus who saves us from our evil and our wickedness and our unrighteousness. It is Jesus who pours out upon us the Holy Spirit because the Father wants us to look more like him. It is Jesus who says, be weary of people that don't have the right fruit. Don't follow them. Follow the one that knows the way and that one is Jesus. It is God who desires you because of his rich mercy to bear good fruit because it is those who bear good fruit that will spend eternity with him and the only way, the only way you can do that, the only way you can do that for certain is to allow him to fill the treasury of your heart. And so I implore you today, church, look at your heart, look at what you have allowed to fill it. And if the Holy Spirit, if it is not the mercy of God that has filled your entire heart, then I beg you to repent and turn from any idols, any other things that might have taken residence there, cast them out, turn from them, repent of them, invite God back into your heart, invite him into your heart for the first time so that you might be a tree that bears good fruit. A good tree, identified by the words that come out of your mouth because those words, those words, not only validate you as a child of God, those words have power to change this world. I hope church that today you will hear the message of Jesus. You will identify what has taken root in your heart. You will look at your words and you will make course correction if needed to turn from evil things because there's many of them out there. There's a God who loves you and is for you pray you would experience him today. Father, help us to know you more. Help us to step into your truth, step into your grace, step into your mercy. Help us to allow our hearts to be open to you and nothing else. 
We need you, Father. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Come now, fill us so that we might bear good fruit, that we might show the world who you are through our words and our actions. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name.